Welcome to today's episode of the Normalized Surrogacy Podcast by Surrogacy Mentor. I'm your host, Carrie Flamer-Powell, experienced gestational surrogate, surrogacy agency founder and owner of Surrogacy Mentor, where our aim is to help surrogates match with reputable surrogacy agencies for a safe, ethical, and enjoyable surrogacy journey. Today, I'm excited to have experienced gestational surrogate, Shadina Blunt, with us today. Welcome, Shadina. Thank you for having me, Carrie. Absolutely. I'm so excited to finally chat with you. So before we get um, talking here about your personal story, I just want to give a little bio for our listeners um, to give a little background on you. So um, Shadina was a teen mom and graduated with her associates in medical assisting and applied science. She then continued her education where she earned her bachelor's in medical administration and management. And then she later went on to earn her master's degree in the same field. Shadina currently works as regional manager and director of surrogacy services at Surrogacy Miracles and Consulting based in Atlanta, Georgia. Shadina has also been a guest on The Real Housewives of Atlanta as the surrogate to Candy Burris and husband Todd Tucker. So again, welcome. So happy to chat with you about your unique perspective and journey. So let's just start with some basic Um, I gave some basic information about you, but tell me about you, your family, and what brought you initially to surrogacy for your first journey. Yes. So um, as you read, I am a, I start off as a teen mom. So I had my first daughter when I was 17 years old. So I have a total of three children now, um, but that's kind of where I started, you know, of course, understanding being pregnant and having a love and an interest for women's body and going to the OBGYN and the doctor pretty early. Um, after I had my first two kids, as by that time I had graduated from college and started my internship at an OBGYN office. Mm-hmm. And I was immediately amazed at the number of women that came into the office that had infertility issues, whether it was like getting pregnant and keeping the pregnancy or even getting pregnant. It was mind blowing to me. And of course, at that time, I'm like 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, I had no idea that it's difficult to be pregnant, especially being a teen mom, kind of getting pregnant first time, um, deciding to embark on intercourse. And so it, and it hit me. I was like, I wish I could carry. I knew nothing about surrogacy, what Mm -hmm. surrogacy was called, but I knew that I was a woman. I had no problem being pregnant or caring. I don't mind helping these women. So then I shortly learned what surrogacy was and decided at some point in life that I wanted to be a surrogate. So, you know, fast forward, I'm working OBGYN care and I transitioned to, um, you know, kind of working in the management field and continuing to grow in my career. And I've had my third child and decided I was done. So I have two girls and one boy Mm -hmm. and decided it was the perfect time in my life to be a surrogate. And I actually met a young lady that was doing surrogacy and it was like, it just clicked like, okay, you've been thinking about this. It's time for you to move forward and be a surrogate. That's amazing. So how old were you when you first became a surrogate? So my first surrogacy journey was back in 2017. How old was I then? So like 32-ish. Yeah. Okay. That was. So yeah. Um, Awesome. So yeah, that was my first. So there was a little bit of time in between. um, And there was a story like family story and a friend that's really close to me that had complications in her pregnancy. We're actually pregnant together 
during my second child's pregnancy and she ended up having a teratoma. Mm. And um, I had, you know, mentioned to her, hey, well, if you need me to, I can carry for you. So it was like an ongoing thing and a thought in the process of my ability and my need and my want to be able to help help women. So I did my first journey in 2017. Mm -hmm. I signed up with an agency and was matched pretty quickly with a family that worked for me and I worked for them. They were out of state and, you know, it just was a kind of a match made in heaven. We had a great journey together initially. Well, I'm not going to say the pregnancy was great, but the relationship was great. And the process that we went through was great. I'm going to leave that with that. Yeah, that's amazing. So for your first journey, um, what did your support network around you, your family, your friends, what did they think about what you were doing? What was the feedback you got? Yeah, honestly, Carrie, initially, again, it was always in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And I didn't actually tell them until I was kind of like through the whole medical clearance. We had signed contracts. We were having a transfer just right. because I knew they thought would think that I was crazy. Like, what? You want to do what? Like you come, you just come up with the weirdest things to do. So I wanted to be past that point, you know, just to make sure I didn't have anybody that kind of thought, you know, kind of give me any wavering decisions on it. But once I told them, I was like, I'm pregnant, you know, as a surrogate, they were like, okay, this is normal. Cause this is exactly something that you would do. So they were very supportive. They were very supportive. And of course, as with any pregnancy, they just wanted to make sure that I was okay throughout the course of the pregnancy. They were more so worried about my health more so, more so than like my emotional, like, oh my God, you're going to want to, you know, keep the baby or what have you. And sometimes families will not understand that aspect for that of a surrogate. Sure. Um, but they knew that, you know, you're the perfect person for it. You're, you're always giving. So, okay, we just want to make sure, but a health standpoint that you are okay. Mm-hmm. Now, my son, I'm um, at the time was pretty young. He was under five years old. So explaining to him kind of what that looked like was initially kind of difficult. Um, and so we made sure that we included him in some of the visits with the intended parents and made sure that he kind of see, saw what that transition looked like. He was at the hospital and kind of saw um, me kind of interact um, with the baby girl at the time and see me kind of hand her off to her parents and that interaction taking place as well. That's amazing. And I love that you brought up your kids. So, you know, lots of women think, oh, to be a surrogate, I have to be married and my kids have to be like a certain age and like everything has to be super perfect. So what was your family dynamic like? Like, were you married? Were you partnered? How old were your kids at the time that you had your first surrogacy? So I was actually single. I was divorced. So again, that was another aspect for me while I felt like it was a perfect timing. Uh, Me and my husband at the time had decided to separate. We were divorced. And so I didn't really have that feedback on that side, even though he once he found out he was supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something that surrogates have to think about when you are married, because your husband you know, does have to be involved. And so that was another reason why I thought it was perfect timing for me. My -hmm. son was around four years old. Uh, my daughter, my oldest one, she maybe was like, uh, probably like 10. And then the other one's like right behind her. So like seven. So they were still kind of young and their feedback at the time. I mean, my oldest one was like, long as this baby's not coming to the house, I'm fine with, you know, normally the older ones are like that. Like they get to see their siblings. They're like, I don't want to see another kid come here. (laughs) That's right. So they were fine. Again, I think the biggest worry was my son not understanding I'm pregnant and what's happening 
with this yeah. baby. So we had books and then the, you know, direct interaction and then him seeing the intended parents. I really um, think it allowed him to relate because once the baby was born, he didn't ask where she went, where she's at, any of that. It was like, okay. And it was yeah. fine. I love that. So yeah, so there are books and there are ways that you can involve your kids. And I don't think people think about that in the beginning, but my daughter was like, um, how old was she when we started? Like two, I think maybe okay. a year and a half, 18 months. So she was still really little, but I still did the same thing. Like I talked to her about like, you know, this is not our baby that mommy's carrying. This belongs to the mommies. I carried for two women. This is their mm-hmm. baby. And when the baby comes out, this is going to go to their mommy. And so she was very clear by the time we actually had the baby, um, we had like a failed transfer and all this. So it was, she was mm-hmm. three, I think. So she was definitely old enough to understand like what was happening, but she was so well prepared. Like she would tell people in the grocery store, like, that's not my mommy's baby. That's not my brother. That belongs to the other mommies. And they're like, what? Huh? <laughs> Looking at us like we're crazy. But I think it's so important. The point I'm trying to make is I think it's so important that surrogates understand that you need to prepare the kids and that there's so many resources now to be able to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Help them understand. Absolutely. Um, And Carrie, one of the things that I noticed going through that time period is I didn't feel like I had a lot of books that represented what my family looked like. Mm -hmm. And um, so actually this past December, I published my first children's book, which is specifically Mm -hmm. for surrogacy for children Mm -hmm. to help families be able to share that, um, what that story looks like and help kids better understand surrogacy. So I was really excited about that project last year. I love that. Okay. So what's the name of that book? Because that's such a great resource. Yes. So Miracles to Motherhood is the name of the book and you can purchase it like on Amazon or there is a direct uh, website, miraclestomotherhood.com. So yes, I'm excited about that. Okay, great. So when this podcast airs, we'll definitely link that because representation of all different kinds of families, whether we're talking about ethnicity, race, sexual orientation, donors, adoption, surrogacy, there needs to be so much more out there in the world for representation. And, you know, this is 2022 and we're not all straight white married with two children. Right. Absolutely. I love that. Oh, I'm going to get that book. Cause I was, you know, when I had my agency, I put every book I could think of in those transfer Mm -hmm. kits and support kits. Absolutely. To share. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love that. So let's talk about, okay. So you do this first surrogacy and mm-hmm. you're still working OBGYN, right? Yes. And well, by this time, I'm in more of a manager role, though. So oh, I'm, right. I'm actually working at the hospital and I'm kind of overseeing a department, a medical department. So that had the flexibility to be able to go to the appointments and I was working remote. And so it just worked out best during that time, but still in healthcare. Yes. Okay. And so how much time between your um, delivery of your first surrogacy and when you started considering? doing another journey? So um, Dr. Jackie actually called me, I want to say maybe six to eight months after I had delivered um, the the first, this first sterile baby, which I found it kind of weird because um, she did the delivery for the first one and the delivery ended up being a nightmare, unfortunately, mm. from a medical standpoint. Yeah. So when she called me, it was initially as a uh, referral, like um, for me to be a consultant for these parents, for the intended parents, which ended up being the celebrity parents to find a carrier for them. Right. It wasn't okay. like it was, you know, directly asking me to carry. 
Okay. And so um, she called me eight months and we kind of had a conversation. And then I ended up meeting um, with the parents, Kenny and Todd, and, you know, getting more in depth of what they were looking for in a carrier and what they needed. And again, it still wasn't a conversation of an ask. Mm -hmm. And then it, then it turned into an ask, like, do you mind doing this? And I was like, you know, based on what my delivery was, the first one, I, one had fulfilled my need um, that I felt like I needed to be a carrier. And then two, I was like, medically, I don't know if I want to go back through that again. Sure. Um, But once we kind of dug in some more on what they need, um, I decided to move forward with being their carrier. Okay. That's kind of how, and so that was, the first one was 2017. And then the, the second one I delivered in 2019. So right at a year from my delivery is when we started the process. Okay. And I think that's pretty typical for those that yeah. do it again. That's usually the timeline that you look at. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You so, typically wait a year. Yeah, yes. exactly. And you know, that's obviously for health reasons, but also just mentally, emotionally, surrogacy is a lot, right? And you just want to give yourself that time. Um, so I'll admit I'm a Real Housewives fan, have been forever. So I saw the episode where you first met with Candy and Todd, or I'm mm-hmm. guessing that was the first meeting, but yes. I remember that episode. I don't remember how many how long ago that was, but it was a while ago. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew of you. And then when I saw that you came into the surrogacy community, I was like, oh, I totally know who this is. So <laughs> tell us about this celebrity aspect. Cause I think a lot of people in general think, oh, surrogates only carry for celebrities and they get paid millions of dollars right. and they're like flown around on private jets to like all these exclusive <laughs> hospitals and we all know that that's not how this goes down. So tell right. us about your celebrity experience versus like what people would think of as like a, just a normal surrogacy. Yeah. Can you be surprised some of the things that you hear people say that they, in their mind goes on in surrogacy when it relates to celebrity families, when in fact they are just like any other family that is struggling with infertility and needing help. And they go through the same fears that every other family goes through as they're going through the surrogacy journey. Is this going to work? You know, is the pregnancy going to be good? Am I going to bond with my baby? All of those things take place. And the same standards that are set throughout any other gestational care carrier uh, pregnancy as far as legal and all that stuff, it's the same thing. We're not selling babies. So no, you're not making millions and millions of dollars. If there is an intended parent, no different than any regular intended parent that decide to do anything extra for their gestational carrier, then that's their, their choice, but it's not a requirement. And, um, and all the celebrities are worried about having a carrier because it's now like, oh, you're a celebrity. So I think you should be able to pay XYZ, or you should be able to pay XYZ when it's the same thing across the board for them as it is any other other family. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, because most cases, the surrogacy journey is not shared in a public light. Mm-hmm. So some of the things, luckily, when we were sharing it, the timeline was a little bit farther than what you guys were actually seeing. Because again, a lot of things go on in surrogacy. There's a lot of um, you, you know, so what ifs and what's going to happen type things. And I don't know if, if I had actually been at that moment in the pregnancy, if that type of pressure would have been okay for me, you know, um, because in the pregnancy, I was pregnant with initially we inserted two embryos and both of them took. And so we, we had two babies up until about, uh, about, about six weeks, like right once we get the heartbeat. 
And um, of course, all of that was shared, but I was, you know, farther along and past that point. And that was a big ordeal for that to be released to the public emotionally and what that looked like and kind of some of the responses that I that I had gotten during the time. So I think that's one of the biggest differences is having to share your story in a public light because they are celebrities. Right. And sometimes celebrities battle with, okay, do I I do I share because I need to share? You can't just kind of pop out with this baby all of a sudden, even though some of them do. Gabrielle Union did it. I think it was mm-hmm. absolutely wonderful. I think um, mm-hmm. Adrian just did it as well. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, you can do it if you want to. But some of them, because they share their their life so much, they feel like this is a part of their life that they wanted to share as well. Right. So as a uh, surrogate, I, I, you know, agreed to do that as, as well, even though I'm a very private person, mm-hmm. or was at the time, it kind of <laughs> had to change. Um, yeah, post Real Housewives of Atlanta. But you know, the reason that I decided to do that is because I wanted to shed light on surrogacy on mm-hmm. all aspects and what that looked like for me, and going through the journey and um, being an African American woman going through surrogacy, because there are a lot that that don't know about it or not willing to sign up because in our community, it's kind of taboo. It's like, we don't do that sometimes, you know? So. Right. Well, I think that's really good information for people to have that the main point that is coming across to me is that people are people and it does Mm -hmm. not matter. Celebrity status, whatever. This is a baby. Like this is right. a family and this is a pregnancy and all of the things that happen in pregnancy and infertility the same and then exacerbated by the level of if anything just exacerbated emotionally by the level of celebrity. Celebrity, um, right, and having to share it publicly. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. I personally think it's really great that Todd and Candy and you decided to share the story as it was happening because um, it's important for people to see. Yes, mm-hmm. it is representation it is. all the way around representation of surrogacy of the African-American community doing surrogacy of what it looks like for a couple to go through infertility. And ha- I remember the episode where Todd and Candy were like crying, like we don't know how to release control of this pregnancy to somebody else. And how do you do that? How do you trust another person to carry a baby? And that to me was such an intended parent. Yes. Reflection. A natural response of what we actually see in intended parents. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the issue of privacy and um, uh, I guess personal information being kept private, whether you shared your story or not, there's still some level of things that I'm sure remained private and will always remain private. And that that's Mm -hmm. a right and a privilege that every intended parent and surrogate get to make in their journey, regardless of whether they're celebrity. Right. And I think it's important for people to remember um, that you don't owe anybody and Candy and Todd don't owe anybody their whole story. Um, Right. Just like Mm -hmm. the other intended parents don't. Um, My Mm -hmm. intended parents were also from Atlanta. And Mm -hmm. while not celebrity, one of them is very well known in Atlanta. And so there was a lot of protection around them and their identity and still is. I've never publicly released their identities and never will because they don't want that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. That's a level of respect that you have to have as a surrogate, right? Yeah, exactly. And so we see it on both sides. We see surrogates that sometimes are a little nervous about signing up with celebrity families because they feel like they're going to have to share their story. And they have decided they still want to be private and vice versa. Intended parents, it's like, look, 
it's already hard enough to kind of go through this aspect and we already live enough in the limelight. We want to be able to have a little bit of control and keep this private and feeling like, you know, the surrogate on the same end is going to respect that privacy and going through this, this journey with them. Right. So you just said something that is a good question that I want to ask you. So I have a friend who carried for a very well-known worldwide celebrity, and she was Mm -hmm. hounded by paparazzi for her pregnancy. Did you have any sort of instances during your pregnancy where you were followed or had any sort of publicity that was unwanted during your pregnancy? Uh we had a couple of situations like once it aired where it was questionable, like someone was coming to an appointment. We didn't know why they were there. They were saying someone that they shouldn't have been. Um, and then like, I'm like kind of sometimes in my own world and I don't live in that celebrity realm. So they, like when we were out together, of course they spot it more. It's like, okay. Like, like all of a sudden I would notice them like change, like they're like looking at papers because people are like trying to take pictures and things. And I'm like completely missing it because I'm not used uh, to that lifestyle. So there were a couple, there were a couple times, but it wasn't anything horrific. There wasn't like anybody, a paparazzi sitting outside my lawn or anything like that. Anything obsessive. Again, by time, a lot of the stuff that aired that you saw, baby blaze was here and with her mom, which right. was nice. So we yeah. kind of had that offset. So I wouldn't be bombarded with so much. I love that because we think about celebrity parents needing the anonymity and the privacy, but also the surrogate, like she's the one that's pregnant and she needs the privacy and she needs the protection as well during, and that's not just a celebrity pregnancy, but any surrogacy, like yeah, surrogates also have that right. Yeah. To be absolutely. Private, so. Yeah. So we took the necessary precautions, like, especially when it was time to go to the hospital, mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of, people know, can anticipate like bait around what time baby's coming. So they start mm-hmm. to watch you a little bit more and kind of mm-hmm. like, when is she going to the hospital? What is she doing? So we kind of set some, um, some necessary things up during that time period to make sure everybody was safe and everything was kept, you know, confidential. That's great. So Tell me about what you've transitioned into now. So now you have a surrogacy agency. So tell yes. me a little bit about that and uh, how that's going. Yeah. So I am founder and owner of Surrogacy Miracles and Consulting, right based right here in Atlanta, Georgia. We are full service. So we don't just match. We like to assist our clients from start to finish and meet them wherever they are. So if they need help with purchasing eggs and creating their embryos and finding the right IVF clinic, we kind of stick with them from start to finish and kind of like to go all the way to delivery day. We kind of like to become a family member with our clients if possible. And as far as also with our, our surrogates, just making sure that they are very comfortable and they're getting all of the necessary resources and support throughout the entire process and the journey. We do home visits with them. We attend doctor's appointments. I've been in an IVF clinic every day this week, Carrie. It's been oh, crazy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's been crazy. Days. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it though. So yeah, um, no, it's, it's awesome, but it's busy. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very busy. And I started the agency um, because in the second journey, I was overwhelmed with people asking me to personally carry, like, mm-hmm. I want to get in line, you know, when you're done with this pregnancy, can you sign, you know, I want to be next, whether it was family members or just other people that had met me from one way or the other. And I'm like, oh my God, I cannot carry everybody's baby. So right. I have to do the next best thing. And that is to open a surrogacy agency. Yeah. And it has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I love it. It is my, my passion. I'm like, you try to figure out sometimes in life, like where you should be at and what you should be doing. If this is it right here. So I will die and retire in this business of surrogacy. Right. Oh, I love that. And there's so many similarities between our stories. I, I love it. Like we were almost the same age when we first did surrogacy. I also got pregnant with twins and um, we lost a twin, unfortunately, early on and started my agency after my journey because it was my passion. So mm-hmm. I completely identify with um, your journey and where you're at. And I think it's amazing what you're doing. Yes. So if you had some advice or words of wisdom for women that might be listening who are considering embarking on their first surrogacy journey, what would it be? I would tell them to just make sure you do your research before you just jump in. A lot of women sometimes have the mindset about it's just a pregnancy. Oh, you know, I can easily get pregnant. I can easily carry. But there are a lot of other, you know, um, things to think about the emotional aspect of it, the responsibility that you're taking on, not only for your family. Pregnancy is not easy for us as women. And so, you know, things come up and you, like in my first one, I was on bed rest from 15 weeks to 27 weeks. So looking at what that looks like as a mom, being able to support my own children. So Mm -hmm. you just have to make sure you've really dug in, done your research when you're ready to sign up, understanding, you know, the medications that you'll have to take and the shots that you'll have to take, the travel restrictions now that you are committing yourself to in this journey, making sure you do the research there and, Make sure that you are working with an agency that has your back that, you know, are going to make sure they kind of lay everything out for you, all of your options and making sure that you have the best um, best options and choice. And I think it's it's phenomenal for women that think about doing surrogacy and I commend them. And I, I think there should be more women that's willing to sign up, you know, kind of taking yourself out of it, kind of thinking about the benefit that you are bringing to other families. And I think the more people that are able to do this just overall, it's, it's going to be great just because there are so many families that are in need of surrogacy. So many families. Definitely. There's always, and probably always will be more parents than surrogates because Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, there's so much that goes into being a surrogate so many things you have to qualify for, but we need more women to educate themselves on surrogacy and step up Mm -hmm. and at least, you know, inquire. And um, you mentioned also working with a reputable agency. I think that's huge. Obviously I'm a a major advocate for surrogacy education. And so I think um, what you're doing is phenomenal. And I'm just so excited to have you in the surrogacy community and, um, Thank you so much for sharing your story today with us. No, thank you for having me so much, Carrie. It's a pleasure meeting you. Um, like I said, I, I enjoy meeting other women in my same field that have done the same the same thing as me as far as being a gestational carrier and running an agency. I know personally how, you know, how much how much that is, how, how hard that can be. So I commend you as well. And the, even this, this platform, this podcast to be able to share information is really, it's the way of the world now, right? Everybody's kind of going digital and sharing information. So thank you for t- taking the time. Absolutely. Um, so great to chat with you. And hopefully our listeners got as much out of it as I did. So we'll definitely link to Shadina's website and her book and all of the resources that we talked about. So that brings us to the end of this episode of the Normalized Surrogacy Podcast by Surrogacy Mentor. Again, I'm your host, Carrie Flamer-Powell, and I want to again thank our very special guest, Shadina Blunt, for joining us today. 
Be sure to check us out online at surrogacymentor.com. If you're interested in knowing more about whether surrogacy might be right for you, take our easy two-minute quiz on our website. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to learn more about gestational surrogacy and how to have a safe, ethical, and enjoyable surrogacy journey. Talk to you next time.